an artist with a stylistic and genre-defining approach to filmmaking. This week we're discussing the oeuvre of legendary director Alfred Hitchcock. Welcome to the show. My name is Josiah. And my name is Mike. And this is the podcast. It's called How Star Wars Is It? That's right. And this is one of two podcasts. There's only two. Uh, we, used, we used to say there was only one, but then we realized that we have another podcast, and it's the Patreon. Right. So, so now there's two podcasts. Yeah. Um, this is the free one. The other one you have to pay for. Right. Uh, but this one's for free. Can you believe you get this for free, yeah. people? Come on. <laughs> you, you don't have to pay a dime for this. Not a single That's red That's a steal cent. at twice the price. Yeah. Twice zero is zero. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. We've, we've got a great episode lined up for you. Uh, we got another guest. Is This is coming out before or after Jessica's episode. After. I can't remember. After. So in the same spirit of our recent guest with Jessica... We have a, another guest on to this time also promote Hitchcocktail's 10-year anniversary coming up. Uh, and we have, a, I would say, expert on the subject? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe an expert. So please, everybody, welcome for the first time joining us on this podcast, a uh, member of Hitchcocktail's Peter Corey. Woo! Hello. Hello. Oh, you guys had such a friendly hi earlier. I want to get in on it, but I was like, be hi. quiet. Wait your turn. <laughs> hi. Hi. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, ex- I wanted to combat you on expert. In no way will I bring expertise in any way, stretch, or form to your podcast. Great. Yeah. Hey, yeah. that's us. I'm, go- I'm going to come in with a state of authority yeah. that seems like I know I'm talking about. But there are going to be so many people that watch or listen to your podcast that will say, he doesn't know what yeah. the fuck he's well, talking about. Well, you're in the right place be because we, well, jo- I'll speak for Josiah. Josiah yeah. has not watched <laughs> the most of the new television shows of Star no. Wars. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to watch them. No, it it ruined your ability to do this podcast. Yeah, feel like <laughs> I, to be objective on this podcast. Right before we we were Josiah and I were both just at um a friend's birthday party last weekend and uh someone was talking to me about the show and there was kind of like the low lull after like talking for a second and I went oh, yeah Star Wars is bad. <laughs> I've been I've been living that truth for a long time. I was a huge Star Wars fan growing up, and like I was also a Legends fan. And don't get me wrong, Star Wars Legend is bad. Oh, at totally. Times. Yeah. You're, you're deep in a like a bad novel. You're like, well, I'm halfway through yeah, it. Might yeah, finish. Finish. yeah. Thrawn ain't gonna finish himself. Thrawn, you so, gotta finish up. So Thrawn. you are a, a Star Wars person and a, a, a book reader, even. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like Mike. One, I want to call out that you and I have a lot of parallels. Really, we really run a lot bizarre. of parallels. Yeah, alike. yeah. It's, it's, uh, Josiah, I mean, we have you know some chemistry, but like some weird, bizarro shit happening over here with Mike yeah. Gospel. Yeah, and it was, um, and <laughs> I think we should go back and forth. We on need this to, yeah, because it's kind of. Yeah, because we're going to have yeah, to we'll remember it all. Yeah, we'll be plucking, like, half ideas out of the air. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, our parents knew each other. Yeah. And so Already they crazy. Original, 
they, they were originally the ones who were like, you guys should meet. You're both doing improv in Chicago right. or whatever. Did, did some of them but work I, together or something? Or I I think okay. so. My dad's also like a wheel and dealing, yeah. glad handing, how are you kind of yeah. guy. So it could be that. <laughs> wheel uh, and I dealing. Think it was, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then we realized, oh shit, we both did comedy sports in high school, right. but we just missed each other by years. But you knew all the cathedral people, yes. like the Meg Elliott's and the, yeah, right? Yeah, the Vollmers yeah, and Kevin JPC uh-huh. and, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then. And Pete Elliott, that's Meg's brother. Is that right? Yeah, yeah that's correct. And let's yeah, see, yeah, I can't, yeah. did you go to Cathedral? I did, I did. Okay, I was okay. on the first team of their comedy sports high school league. Got it. Yeah. And then were you one of the sort of proto go to the big leagues guys? Like, did you did you play at, at Comedy Sports Indie? I did, I did. So okay. what Ed, Ed Trout, as if anybody knows who Ed Trout is, he's a yeah. living legend. Um, he's, <laughs> uh, he he is the reason improv kind of exists in Indianapolis. And then totally. he, I was like, I was like sweaty little eighteen year old, or you know, was it seventeen or eighteen year old out of like I think I was eighteen because you had to be eighteen sure. to work there. Yeah, and yeah. it was like junior year before my senior year. And I was like, oh, I've been doing so much work at this high school league. Oh, maybe he'll let me just <laughs> like stick around the theater and be adjacent. And he was like, yeah, yeah. funny enough, I was going to ask you if you wanted to like step in, like do some rehearsals. So it was like a dream come true. Yeah, and that's that, great. And then now I've been doing improv professionally for 20 years. Which means yeah. professionally, meaning I get paid twelve dollars a show sometimes. Yeah, like, every so often. Yeah, yeah totally. Right. totally. <laughs> <laughs> so. I so so that was so we did not overlap in high school, but we maybe just missed one another, or maybe exactly. we were even in high school at the same time, but not doing comedy sports at the same time. Because I started my sophomore year. Gotcha. And so I knew all those people you mentioned, but yeah, like you, and then like the the mid-generation between the two of us also started like working at comedy sports like out of high school yep and um, then we and had so, like by then i had this like clear path like yeah <laughs> a couple of us from like one person from cathedral me and then another high school were just like hey we know that like you're, you let people, people in kids can yeah <laughs> you are so. standing on the shoulders of giants totally. those giants being peter i'm just yeah, six foot right. three i'm not a giant but i mean that's tall. i'm a tall man i'm a tall man you're tall that's yeah. tall um but yeah and then i came up to chicago you obviously came up to chicago also pursuing right. improv and right. jd dinkelman and the nba all-stars was a came to did my show potential boyfriends often yep Remember All that? the time, yeah. We loved I, doing that show. And then, uh, and I was a little hurt you didn't mention me on your improv episode. But <laughs> I'll get over it. I wow. could tell you a single thing we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> it's also Rob Kravowski and James Dugan. That's just a whirlwind. Yeah, right. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> we, uh, and then you came in and you filled in after me on Gideon. Yeah, right. So I, I auditioned for Harold a number of times, and this particular audition. I begrudgingly went to because I had the slot, but I wasn't feeling well that day. And honestly, that's the way you got to audition. I'm yeah. terrible at auditioning. And so if I'm like, if I don't care or Talking if I shit. actively don't want to be there, I'm going to do some of my best work. Yep, and so yeah. uh, when I when I finally got like a cast notice, I was like, oh, cool. Gideon. Like, I didn't know any Herald team from any other Herald team. And so I looked at the roster and I was like, oh my God, I know Peter Corey. And then like, like thinking like, who do I know on this team? And then when I got there, I was like, 
oh, I guess he's not here today. And they're like, no, like that's who left. That's why we had an opening. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, man. Huh. Ships passing in the night. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Like, well, we shouldn't keep going on this podcast then, right? Let's keep traditions as is. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, one of us Actually, has to go. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike, get out of here. <laughs> that's right. So, so yeah, when we, when we had like little fledgling half ideas or independent teams like i think i probably did stuff with other groups too because i knew you guys and like that you were you know super open to having people open for you 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 do like three openers right or two two or three openers, yeah, yeah. like maybe P- a stand potent- up or potential boyfriends back then was like anybody that like totally like grab bag jump in yeah, variety yeah. show cheapo show it was yeah. at MCL Studio B, and then eventually we kind of mosey I mean, once they closed MCL, yeah, which was right. such a heartbreaker, um, right. we yeah. we just knew stage managers and people over at Second City at that point. And we were like, "Hey, you you got a Tuesday night show?" And then that's yeah. where Ted. And then we were also none of us were boyfriends at that point. We're all like definite husbands or like established <laughs> relation. So we changed the yeah. name to Ten Dollar Comedy. It's still going uh-huh. on. It's like honestly, it's a been running with pandemic considerations like 12 13 years it's crazy crazy wow, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when you mentioned when we were scheduling this and you mentioned like tuesday night you had that show i was like oh my god that show's it's still, still running <laughs> that is awesome <laughs> yeah yeah now it's two stand-ups more established like uh deanna ortiz who won uh oh, chicago uh-huh. readers best stand-up she books our show so she just gets cool. all the best chicago stand-ups and then nice you two should come in come do a set with us where we improvise at the end it's a 25 minute set very yeah, chill I, you can't imagine how easy our form is how little the not giving a shit mike that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> put on our best stuff yeah that's great well, all that to say, you guys are ships passing in the night, and we're glad to have you on the show, Peter, yeah, for, yeah. for once. Now you can sit down and have a conversation, finally. Finally. <laughs> um, and I want to start out by saying, we're, we, we're talking about Hitchcock this week, mm-hmm. just like in general, the works of Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. Yeah. And so I did a little bit of prep for Ooh. this, and that, that I watched two movies. I know oh. Mike, watched more, Mike watched more movies than me, but yeah. I watched... Um, I watched The Birds Great. and Psycho. Great. I which, also uh, watched both of those, and I watched North by Northwest, and awesome. I watched uh, Vertigo. Oh, and great. I had seen Psycho before, but the other three I hadn't. And boy, like, you know, um, you know when you know something's good because everybody mentions, you know, like, like Hitchcock is just an assumed director in the conversation of, like, cinema greats or whatever. But, like... When you watch a movie by a master or like when you hear when you like really listen to like a Beatles song, you're like, oh, right. They were the best to ever do it. (laughs) Not only that, they were like the first to do it. Really like suspense. Not really, but like he mastered suspense in film and and like that editing style and like how he would show things. And to which I would uh, conjecture, is it? Is today how Hitchcock is Star Wars as opposed to how Star Wars is Hitchcock? You know? Oh, he did come well, he did come before. I mean, that's true. George Lucas was born in nineteen forty three, and I believe Hitchcock had a film that came out that year, so there you go. I mean like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and that reminds me, I did see Rope as a teenager. Oh, um, Rope is oh, so which good. is from like the late forties, I think. And it's a single shot kind of before yeah. pe- people are like, you know, Birdman, they're like, Whoa, Birdman! Birdman is like 
They did that in rope in the fucking forties. Yeah. yeah. Eighty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> when the and camera they, um, what the camera weighed 120 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and it can only fit so much film, so like they do have like two or three cuts, but very they're smart. all like going through a door or like the back of someone's jacket or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah very smart cuts. Oh so my gosh. Cool. Yeah, you know, I, I did kind of half expect a bit of like, oh wow, this is an old movie. I'm kind of bored. Not bored, but like the pace is slow. The pace is certainly like slow by today's standards, but like I was so in. Like, I, I watched a couple movies, and then I was like, I'm going to watch more. I'm going to do extra yeah. prep work because I'm, like, <laughs> having it. a good time. This is this is week two in a row where a Hitchcocktails person comes on with a topic that now makes me a fan of that thing. We talked about Star yeah. Trek last week, oh, and I literally moments before this was watching Next Generation because <laughs> just, like, got me hooked. Yeah. I love that. I, I, so I read through the Hitchcocktails show study guide that you yeah. sent us. It's a... It's I love that you guys read through that. It, it shows how nerdy we get about this stuff. And like, yeah, uh, it's how, really, uh, really good information. Yeah, it's n- we're uh, for the viewers or listeners. We don't pre-plan. It's all improvised. Hitchcocktails is a fully improvised Hitchcock thriller in the style of Alfred, or a thriller in the style of Alfred Hitchcock. We do drink on stage. That's kind of the gimmick of the show. We're celebrating ten years anniversary, which is amazing. Um, such a huge cast of really talented people. I often say they're like the most talented people. Improvises yeah, in the totally. world. However, getting the show, it's a hard form. Like, it is not an easy yeah. thing to kind of master. So, we yeah, like, we create these study guides, which Josiah's talking about, which kind of map out, like, what are the type of characters we see? What are the, what are like yeah. the plot lines we see in these Hitchcock films? Um, and there's, and they're really more for us to be like, okay, how do we kind of get the show on the rails at the beginning a little bit? So we can right. run. So speaking from the point of view of two people who also do a like genre-heavy show, which is Anarchy, the improvised rock opera, we yes. have a, a similar kind of like playbook thing, but I would venture to guess that we don't do a consistently excellent job of like following <laughs> all the tropes and rules. Not that we don't follow any of them, but um, yeah. how, how often would you say, like, is, is Hitchcocktails like pretty tight? Like it's pretty much always... Um, like yeah. identifiable. You can you can find the plot line, and we have stuff in the suspense. But there's every once in a while. I mean, we're drinking on stage where there's like sure. a Mexican standoff at the end of the show. You're like, this would never happen in Hitchcock, yeah. or like, <laughs> right. or just the absurdity that is improv kind of creeps in, sure. especially with the alcohol in the second half. So, and yes, there are times where it goes off the rails, but it's funny. Like now that we've been doing it ten years, that happens less and less and less. And there's always like. You you have these moves now where you're like we can get it we can get it back there right yeah 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 and but and then you watch Hitchcock and you're like this shit's off the rails at the end like some of the movies like Strangers on a Train is a great one Um, spoiler alert I think it came out in the 40s as well or the 50s (laughs) but at the end. There's a spinning merry-go-round that's out of control that is going to kill people, and a guy has to climb under there to disable the merry-go-round. It's very ridiculous. It's just out of its out of its mind, crazy. So yeah, there's a place. Honestly, for it. I I had that feeling when I was watching The Birds. So because that movie is so strange. Yes. And like, it is. I I I, I watched it with my girlfriend, my partner Charlie. And she was like, that sucked. And I was like, I can't tell if that sucked or if it was incredible. Like, I, I really couldn't tell, like, either way. Because the first half of the movie is a will-they-won't-they they romance. Yep. And then the second half of the movie, there's just... <laughs> 
<laughs> a lot of birds. birds. <laughs> That's the whole plot. As you guys saw, we have a tropes in there. What is they're like wrong man accused, the perfect murder, blah blah blah. There's five of them. I have been pushing for years that animal catastrophe should definitely be a little, the last trope. Like what animal great. phenomenon or animal catastrophe for hundred uh, percent, but nobody's biting on that. It's a you know it's we it's do funny. not you use birds much for Hitchcock tells us. Yeah, 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 I was gonna say. Wait, yeah, while I was watching it, I was like. Gosh, I, this is such a crazy, stupid thing to say, but, like, there would be no Jaws without the birds, but there would be no, like, Sharknado without the birds. Like, yeah, totally. like the birds is feels like a direct uh, predecessor to, specifically, Sharknado. Because <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh, a danger, let's get away. And then they get away, and then they're like you we got away and then it's just sort of like nothing for a while and then it's like oh the same danger <laughs> it's yeah. it's not the it's not a star wars creature encounter which is oh this is right. ha- this is happening to get us back inside the millennium falcon or this yeah, is happening yeah. to prove that our best car is worth its weight and you know whatever <laughs> the best yeah, car yeah. <laughs> right. it's like they're they're all very but yeah it's not like you have one where it's like a chase uh uh thing or like it keeps right. building. Yeah, yeah. yeah the right. birds is weird. Um, Psycho was amazing. I What'd you guys think of before. Psycho? Psycho's an uh, interesting I, one because it's um the the trippy part about that movie is they get you invested in the uh, protagonist yeah. who's doing nefarious things, who is not your protagonist the whole movie. She's totally. out. No. And she, fact, she, that's it. And like it was like it was deep in. It was like forty five minutes in. Thirty forty five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I I even like made it a point to look like. I, in my head, because I saw it once or twice growing up, and in my head, she was more of the Drew Barrymore in Scream, like just like the first ten minutes kind of right, thing, or right. eight minutes. And I was like, "Oh my god, she's still like the yeah. lead of this movie." Yeah, it was really cool. I loved that move, and also the acting in that movie is like off the charts, really just incredible. Great. Like, I, I I couldn't say the same for the birds because like some of the birds the birds is sort of like sh- like a little cheesy. Yeah. But like it, it, yes. in psych <laughs> in Psycho, I was like, I was like, damn, everyone in here is bringing their A game. Yeah. And it makes you it makes you think like because I feel like you you think like oh Hitchcock older movies d- they're dated the style is dated. They but use like the when I was transatlantic or mid Atlantic yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, you yeah, gotta yeah. use that if you're gonna be in a Hitchcock film. It's oh. so if you're gonna be in that good. Picture, <laughs> But uh, I loved Psycho. I thought it was really incredible. And I unfortunately knew the twist because of just like existing in pop culture. Right. So right. I knew. Just because you're like, alive. Did, didn't he, I remember like reading about this a while like back, but didn't he, because it's based on a book and he bought every copy of the book so that no one could read it before the movie came out. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. I'd have to look it up to make sure it's true. No, I believe um, you. Once again, honestly, like, that that mindset sounds kind of George Lucas. I feel like we this this episode we will be doing a lot of how George Lucas is it as opposed to Star Wars specifically because because both, it's Hitchcock, you know, filmmakers yeah. of of a body of work. Yeah. But like Lucas has said, like on record before, back in the the eighties or nineties, um, when when the holiday special was like a videotape, people would pass around because they taped it off of CBS or whatever network it aired on. He said something to the effect of like. 
If I could round up every copy of that and destroy them with a sledgehammer, I would. <laughs> Which yeah, sounds just, like buying up every copy of the book that inspired Psycho. I just Googled it like to just make sure. And yes, whenever the novel was published, he bought all the copies of it that he could to keep the twist under wraps because he'd already bought the, the rights to make the movie for it. Crazy. And the movie came out like That's a year insane. later. Yeah. So like, can you imagine someone trying to do that today? Yeah. Like, Keeping that kind of a secret under wraps he, is wild. He had he was a control freak on set. I'm like going back to birds, like he did some terrible things to Timmy Hedron to get right. her. Yeah, like trapped her in rooms, locking doors, putting keeping birds in nets, like kind of torture. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, he was. He's, I was wondering he, how many of the birds things were like those were actual birds in there. Yeah. Tons, yeah, lots of like when she's bleeding in some scenes, you're like, oh no, that's real, that's for for sure her bleeding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. Uh, crazy. You guys also saw, both saw North by Northwest, is that right? Or what was the I other did. one? I haven't seen, I haven't um, seen it yet. Of uh, the ones it. you mentioned, I would feel North by Northwest is the most kind of hitch cocktails of the ones. Got it. Yeah, because there's like a lot of characters that come and go. Like there's Twists a, and turns. It's a, it gets a little goofy at times. It's a little tongue in cheek, so. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was great. I, oh, I didn't know movie. what to expect with that movie, but um, I, I as I was watching it, was like, this is like a Bond movie or a Jason Bourne movie before yeah. either of those existed. Like, I, I wanna, I wonder when Ludlum wrote the Bourne Identity book because, like, it reeks of this movie. He like. <clears throat> There's he doesn't a, know who he is because he's not the person that everyone thinks he is. Whereas in Born, he just like lost his memory. But it's the same kind of thing. Like I'm running away from this organization who's trying to get me, and I don't know why they're trying to get me. <laughs> I feel it's like uh, I feel like George Goose did the same thing, obviously, with like borrowing from war and like all that stuff, and like what was in the zeitgeist, and like sure, and like there's a lot of them there. Um, that have that kind of feel like torn curtains another one saboteurs a really good one like that okay. all have this like wartime stuff to it and underpinning oh. it yeah and but yeah north by northwest for sure is definitely like your unexpected super agent kind of movie right. yeah well and like you said like wrong man accused or whatever yeah as, yeah. A, as yeah. a kind of a structure i think my favorite thing about the show study guide that you sent us is that Hitchcock Hitchcock said a cab before a cab was a cab because he hates the police and I love that he hates the police or that he's afraid of the police uh, not that he hates them but he's afraid of them he thinks they're ineffective how about that like he uses them yeah, yeah. he uses them in the same way they're like in real life like they get they get on yeah. the wrong lead and they keep proceeding the wrong lead or they're just dumb and they don't want to do their job and be competent at their job there's a lot of ways that the cops fuck up so it's always in the hero's hands to bring to justice yes. dumb cops are a, a must in our shows uh which is yes i great. love that which is like a dumb stormtrooper right you know yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. and did 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 Hitchcock, because like also in the study guide, did Hitchcock coin the term MacGuffin? Um, I would believe that's correct of uh, that it's coined or coined to Hitchcock. I don't know if he coined it, to be honest with you. It but makes it, it seem, the way, the way I was reading about it, it makes it seem like he was the one, or at least the, stu the studio was the one who... Um, coined the term MacGuffin for the, the thing that you have to go find or the yes. thing that you have to go it's get. It's totally just a, uh, it's a thing, it's basically a prop in a movie right. that is your plot yeah. device that drops a 
uh, plot forward. Uh, I'll, yeah, uh, totally. Which talk about talk about Star Wars? Yeah, I mean like totally. Princess Leia. They do that all the time. Princess Leia. The, Death the Star first plans. thing we, is, we see is her putting a MacGuffin inside of R two D two. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And then it's all about the, him. The, um, he's a MacGuffin because he's got it inside of him. But yeah. 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 The uh, the rise of Skywalker has like it's like a, yes. a, a MacGuffin store. It's, it's got the MacGuffins. knife. It's got the ship they gotta find. It's got the uh, holocron they gotta find. Uh, man, they should have taken it's that movie much. and made three other movies out of that, and then made three more series out of those three movies out of that. Totally, mm-hmm. absolutely. Russian nesting Star Wars. That's you know, so Hitchcock obviously has like a, a an impressive and extensive filmography, but also there's Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and that's there's, true. I can't remember the other one that's basically the same thing, like yeah, uh, the television Yeah, another television. Yeah, yeah. Things, Those are which, fun, too. I mean, like... That I, is what Star Wars has become! Movies yep, and also true. TV! <laughs> uh, the best part of those Hitchcock Presents is him just introducing it and doing the interstitial, like, super dry jokes, and I kind of want George Lucas to do that, or John Favreau <laughs> for The Mandalorian. <laughs> Well, what will Mandalorian get into this week? We don't know. <laughs> that would you know. be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a and they combination do it, and then they of turn like, to the side, do the side promo. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> With a combination of watching some Hitchcock stuff and some uh, uh, Star Trek, like original series, even Next Generation, like I, I and in fact, also today I watched um, Batman and Robin in expectation <laughs> of later this month. We're going to talk about it. I really miss like goop and like physical walls and props and sets in movies yep and i know that that's like a thing that everybody says nowadays but like like batman and robin has like icicles (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i i miss that (laughs) i miss like uh this real stuff yeah you you miss you miss nickelodeon slime yeah yeah gack you miss gack (laughs) yeah totally and Um, like like Hitchcock movies, just by by nature of being in the fifties and sixties, like of course they're full of like sets. Like in in um Vertigo, the the shot of the the bell tower from kind of oblique above, mm-hmm. like bird's eye view, I, you can tell that it's composited of a bunch of different things because like the resolution of um, Jimmy Stewart as he's leaving, even though he's really tiny in the frame his resolution is just like super crisp. So like clearly yeah. it was a different plate, like right. over they play and then they put the film behind it. Yeah. And right yeah. There. But like the tower is fairly obviously a painting, but not so obvious that it takes you out of it. And like the, the idea of like paintings as a piece of compositing, like obviously star Wars is full of that, at least in yeah. the early days. Um, yeah. And I was just like, so charmed by that. It's and the- I really want, like hand painted stuff. <laughs> North yeah. by Northwest has a ton of that too. He was yeah, really good yeah. at mixing like um, in situ real things, but he also did some crazy stuff with rear projections mm-hmm. that, and he would use them all the time. And it's not too dissimilar from the vision which they're using the, in the Star yeah, Wars the, shows. The um, what's that called? Well, the volume. The volume. The vision. The the, yeah, yeah, something like yeah, the volume. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It is yeah. basically like the new age version of bunch of your projectors yeah yeah that's so true that's so true he he makes um like essentially in north by northwest like the entire city of chicago is rear projected like they're they're on like a platform of the l or maybe it's like a commuter train like a like a transit train and 
uh, it, the entire backdrop is just like city business, but it's very clearly like a video. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then yeah. it's just sped up film too at times. It's just yeah, like, yeah. they're like, oh, we're in a car chase style. Let's go faster. Let's go faster. Yeah. So MacGuffins and like the Dolly Zoom and mm-hmm. like other things that like are just like so intrinsically Hitchcock from a filmmaking standpoint. Like he was, um, he was a other. S- he was addicted to editing too and getting the edit perfect. Really? So that reminds me of a certain someone as well. Totally. And I, and they I say think... like the original Star Wars may as well have been written in the edit. Like right. it was saved in the edit bay. Yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, yep. Yeah, I think he, uh, I think that there's an overlap there. And you were talking about yeah. pacing. Like he was pretty like, go 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 pacing for the time like and lots of and we talked about rope being like continuous cuts but he would make some really interesting camera cuts and push-ins and like you're saying dolly shots and he was he was messing with the form a lot like they in psycho that iconic shower shot is an oversized shower like so yeah like so it's it had to be like three feet in diameter to get the camera so it could be in a lens sure. and put a piece of plexi over it's essentially so wow, that's, interesting that's crazy and so he'd do that stuff a lot I, yeah he was pushing the form and i feel like if he was around when cgi was around he would do what george lucas did with the prequels right you know what i mean like, yeah how because, can like, i invent new things yeah <laughs> and i feel like um because like i remember watching like special features on like phantom menace and like you know uh all the prequels i remember watching like special features on the dvds watching like the edit process where george lucas is sitting there being like okay yeah move ewan mcgregor like an inch to the right right and then he does and then and then he's like all right play it again and they do that and they're like all right move him back to the left you know <laughs> like talk about being obsessed with editing especially when you have it all digital yeah and you have the ability to do it all digital if if hitchcock was around today that's what he would be doing you know totally. he would be like he would be like in the edit bay just like fucking george Nudging. lucas was in the prequels just yeah. being like let's move this to the side and start, then, a and little back, bit this back, way and back, yeah like it's, they're they are such similar ideas in their in that kind of it's funny uh, too because the the like look of things like science fiction at the time of Lucas trying to get Star Wars made was essentially built on the back of Hitchcock. Like, yeah, like filmmakers of the fifties and sixties, like Flash Gordon and whatever else. Like studios were like science fiction no that all looks silly and he's like no 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 the thing i'm picturing in my head is so crazy but like we're gonna build a whole special effects company around it yeah right i also love uh this is kind of going off to uh, like out of nowhere but it reminded me of earlier i don't know about the rest of these movies but like whenever like because i haven't seen all of them but like something i feel like that is maybe pretty hitchcock or at least it was in the birds is and it was in older movies and i missed this because it's also in the batman movies like the older batman movies mike that we were talking about yeah is just not explaining stuff sometimes yep because like in the birds if the birds was made today they'd be like all right we got to get into why the birds are acting this well, way. They had so to like, we're gonna get into actually... what this family yeah. is <laughs> yeah oh that family is insane a 40 year old man with a 12 year old sister and a 50 year old mom <laughs> It's like essentially what that family is. But the like if it was made today, they would be really like, yeah, like the birds are mutating or there's a virus yep. or like it's magic or something. And in the birds, they just don't yeah, like, tell you what why. And no. I'm just like, I 
love that. They that sort is of delicious. insinuate, at least this was my read, they sort of insinuate that this whore woman who came to town brought yeah. her whoreness to town and the birds can smell it. Yeah. They can smell the whore on her. Uh, <laughs> that's... That's the closest thing to an explanation that we get, and that's that might just be like because I was reading it as like I know this was from like the early '60s or whatever, and of course they like they do really color her as like this temptress, but well, and that is pretty Hitchcock too, is like kind of like a oh women kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, he like, was he was not kind to women and working with women, but he always did put them. There's a lot of roles where they're kind of in positions of power or like breaking sure, yeah. the norm a little bit. Grace Kelly in Rear Window is a great example of that. Even though she's beautiful or whatever, she's like a what's the equivalent of a playboy? But she's just like I'm. I'm never gonna be settled down. You can't tell me what to do. Like like yeah, there yeah. was all this stuff. So he was a strong, independent woman about yeah, town. Yeah, so yeah. he really had some strong femme fatale characters who... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Which was yeah, interesting. So the man who knew too much was like the next one I was about to watch, and then I just kind of ran out of time. But what would you say is like the musts? Is, is Rear Window one of them? Rear Window's definitely one. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think... Have, it, you guys seen the, have you guys seen The Man Who Knew Too Little? No, is that... Is this, is that, yeah, what is it's that? Bill, it's Bill Murray doing a, it's essentially a spoof of The Man Who Knew Too Much. Huh. Where Never seen it. He, um, he is, uh, like, in order to get himself out there, he's going to be a part of this um, live action play that takes part, like, or movie that takes part across the city. And the first thing he has to do is answer a payphone. And so he answers a payphone, and then the person on the other end is an actual criminal. That is like, do you have the money? And he's like, yeah, I got the money. Because <laughs> he thinks he thinks he's in a play or whatever. And so they're like, all right, meet us right here. We're going to take you out to the next spot. And he's like, okay, fine. And then he does. And so then he ends up being a part of the real crime that's happening. And then the, then the person who comes in and is like trying, the actual criminal ends up being a part of the movie that's being filmed or the play that's being filmed. <laughs> I remember watching it as a kid and thinking it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Well, now I got to watch it. And the, yeah. if yeah. it holds up, I don't know, but that's so funny. I don't know if it holds up, but the premise is really good. The premise is great. <laughs> Isn't there another... It didn't Mel Brooks do one? High Anxiety or like a, a Hitchcock parody? Probably. Probably. Oh, man. Let's I've, look it up. I mean, why yeah, not? Yeah, High Anxiety, yes. High Anxiety. Yeah, okay. What's that based off of? Vertigo? I think just Hitchcock. Yeah. yeah. Like in the way that like but a lot of everything's movies anxious. are kind of like... Yes. Yeah. Like, like, well, it's um, suspense, right? He he. Like uh, Blazing Saddles is just like all all westerns. westerns. Yeah, yeah. He um, I gotta see that movie too. Then he was great because he his theory of suspense was have a conversation where three people are on a table talking about baseball and people will be bored out of their freaking skulls. Yeah, have that same conversation happen, but show them a shot of a bomb underneath the table right uh-huh. before that scene happens. They'll be on the edge of their seat. And I think that's really like so expert. Yeah, really smart. Um, go back to what you guys should watch. My, here's my three. I'd say that we haven't been mentioned. Dial M for murder is a perfect murder one, which has that transatlantic, but it's actually British accents and it transatlantic's in there too. It's a perfect murder one that's gonna that has some really good turns in it. Strangers on a Train is another psycho movie, so it's another version of a psycho movie. Uh, where we nice. anatomy of a psycho, which is totally worth it, and then I do love this one is to catch a thief, which is it's just a good one, and it's and it's the origin of the song Que Sera Sera, 
Yay, Zura. Zura. Made for that movie. That's crazy. Um, something I wanted to read from the style guide is mm. the thing about thing about suspense because we talked about the bomb of the table, but he said yeah. suspense mystery. Okay, mystery is when the spectator knows less than the characters in the movie. Suspense is when the spectator knows more than the characters. Beautiful, in the movie, mm. which is such a great delineation between the two. Yeah, yeah. I feel like genius. I feel like we, here. Let's go back to Star Wars a little bit. I think we're talking okay. about the over-explaining, right? I think we're talking about not giving enough or giving too much information, yes. right, to the audience. I think Star Wars, the original trilogy, has more of that suspense element to it. There's mystery behind the Force, but it's not yes. necessarily... You know that it, what, what they're coming up to. It's just a suspense of will they, won't they? Right. If, the shit that they're putting out, especially the sequel trilogy, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, and they have to hold yeah. our hands and like, where's this? Who is this, this is person? Who's this guy behind the? Who's this guy behind the curtain? Oh, it's just the same dude from those other films. Like, right, man, I'm like such a bummer. Such yeah, a bummer. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is what I'm saying with like the I miss old movies not explaining things yes. to you. Yeah, because like. I, the original trilogy is just like, all right, there's a thing called the Force. There's these guys called Jedi. There were these Clone Wars. We're not even going to get into that. Yeah. We're just going to drop that knowledge real fast. They just say that, it to be like, we're in the middle world, of something. We're world building, right? <laughs> like, he even said, like, he wanted his movies. That's why they start with the sort of old timey serial crawl. Like, he wanted it to feel like you were showing up to a series a specific episode within a series and you didn't really you don't know how far in you are you're just like just just watch this one <laughs> yeah and then so we have all those in the original trilogy right and then like the, i feel like to both to his credit and to his discredit and the prequels you get a lot of like tell don't show where it's just like all right now i have my complete creative control so i can give you all my ideas at once and here they all are and maybe there's some are good and some aren't good yeah and then the sequel trilogies you have a lot of just like really holding your hand which is unfortunate yeah and that's a great progression of that that's exactly what happened (laughs) yeah whenever they even whenever they come up with some cool ideas they are immediately under and i hate we like peter we've been dancing around this topic but we do not like the rise of skywalker on this podcast oh no i i heard it i heard two of your podcasts so that was made very clear to me the first two i I heard more (laughs) but i have we don't don't like that movie and i feel like that movie undercuts a lot of the cool choices that are made in previous films this is where i there's where my allegiances lie it's really just like the original trilogy and like i grew up i grew up with the original trilogy and then you didn't have shit you didn't have anything till i was in 1999 i was in seventh grade and the phantom menace came out or whenever it was yeah. And I was like, cool, that was cool. I like that because I'm, you know, I'm in seventh grade. That's yeah, pretty bitching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you yeah, said, I'm a, I'm a kid. Then I saw Attack of Clones. I remember going to uh, Revenge, of, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um, I remember going there and being disappointed. My mom would always go to the midnight showings with me. She was a huge uh-huh. Star Wars fan, oh, too. She got me that's into so it. Sweet. And so um, <laughs> I went and I was like disappointed because I was, I was in theater. I was finally getting good at it. And she was like, why are you disappointed? It was a good movie. I was like, I don't think it was. This heart, it's a heartbreak thing. Like, yeah. there are moments yeah. where I really love Star Wars again. Like, I I genuinely enjoyed a lot of Mandalorian. I um, 
thought Andor might have been the thing I've been wanting out of Star Wars for a long time. Totally. Abs- absolutely. Book of Boba Fett could really... Uh, oh boy, that was that was a slog. Obi book yeah. of uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi. I was like, why do we need three of these episodes? Yeah, but I'm also yeah. the weird one where I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I'm like, oh, I like Solo. Solo is great because I I had such low expectations coming into it, right. and then I hate Rogue, Rogue One because I think it's a mess. It's just a garbly good yeah. mess. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, it's know. funny. Sure, sure, sure. I, I kind of don't love Rogue One either. And then every time I watch it, I'm like, I kind of do like this. But in the same way that I kind of also like Attack of the Clones, which is just right. like, look at all these weird new guys. And now we're here. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, Star Wars is, well, and to, 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 to bring it back around, I mean, not every. How many movies did Hitchcock make? Like fifty. He oh, made wow. a, a t- and then you got to remember, uh, we just talked about Alfred Hitchcock's Presents. There are a lot of stinkers out of there. There, there be movies yeah. I, I go don't don't watch Marty. Just don't do it. I don't know really? what you're sure. gonna get out of Marty. Yeah, it's not <laughs> not my it's not my cup of tea. Um, even between even between the two that I watch, I know the birds gets placed on like like t- lists very high up of like top hor- like like t- like um scary movie list and everything but even the birds to me felt like a b movie sort of like schlocky like not that great as opposed to psycho which felt legitimately like a piece of art you know what i mean yeah and so like there's hit or misses within the within his work his body of work similar to how not all star wars is good and not all hitchcock movies are good most definitely most definitely and then he there was early ones he did where he didn't write it you know he was just he's just trying to make a buck you know like trying to do that thing totally yeah. Just making a quick buck, you know? Yeah. Man, you I... You gotta get that dollar, Hitchcock. I was, though, good or bad, always captivated, which also feels Star Wars. Like, even the... Like, I did like the birds, but, like, I see what you're saying. It's also kind of, like, got a weird vibe because there's not a lick of music in it. Um, and yeah. there's no Famously. ending. It doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> that it has no end. ending. Yeah, and right. Hitch does that a lot, where it's like, ooh, that that's the ending, we're, and we're done, we're out. That's it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. like, at the end of Vertigo, I was like, what? Huh? That's it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, the credits are at the beginning, so it's just at the end to get yeah, the fuck it's just out. Like a universal <laughs> release, yeah. and it's like okay. <laughs> That's what we were waiting. Yeah, when we finished Psycho, we were like, oh wow, great. And then we were kind of waiting for like the the come down of the credits to be like, let's relax and just like talk about the movie. And then Netflix was like, we're, you're you're yeah. done. You want to watch Marty now? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what? No, not Marty. Go, not Marty, please, not Marty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's cheese. Let's see. We've 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 talked a little bit about Star Wars and, and Hitchcock. Should we jump I, to the break real fast? I wanted to say fast? one thing. I think we should, but I wanted to say one thing about the like bomb under the table thing that you mentioned, Peter. Of like, yeah, yeah. a bunch of dialogue could be kind of boring, but if you like inject like just a single shot of like we now know the stakes or whatever. So when I was in my my senior year of high school, so deep in the throes of comedy sports high school league and in fact the 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 theater teacher from our high school was also our film teacher and i took a film class and we were learning about this thing called the kuleshov effect which is cut to a oneer uh, or rather not a oneer that's when it's like one take just cut to a single of a person with a neutral expression and then cut to um a pile of money or whatever and then when you cut back to the person again you the audience see that person as either greedy or happy because they have the money but like you're you're putting an emotion on them because 
you understand that they are looking at the thing. Um, and and I think I think the original one, Kuleshov, is probably Russian. I imagine he was the guy who kind of established this principle. It was like a person looking neutrally kind of down. And the first shot was, I can't remember, but then the second one was like a child in a coffin. And so when it cuts back to the person's face, he's he's clearly sad, even though it's just like, yeah, like neutral. blank. Hitchcock, that we watched another clip of Hitchcock explaining the same thing. And his take was something like, um, a man is staring, it's, it cuts to the face and it's just neutral. And then it cuts to a house across the street. And Hitchcock is like narrating this too. Or maybe he, maybe he does commentary kind of after the fact. And the first person, or the first shot is like a person opening his front door and just kind of like waving like out of his, like, hi neighbor. And then when it cuts back to the person, you're kind of like, oh, he's in a friendly mood or whatever. And then you hear Hitchcock say something like, but what if the person who exited the house was a sexy woman? <laughs> <laughs> the same the same sequence but like this like bombshell woman opens up her door kind of like a hey and then it cuts back to the person and of course again his face is just like blank but like you're projecting a complete different like hitchcock yeah. horniness to it <laughs> hitchcock horniness that's in the second act of hitchcock tales too hitchcock horniness. yes <laughs> hitchcock horniness. it's the same reason why the mona lisa change quote unquote changes her expression depending on whenever how you look at her because sure. it's like it's all about what you're projecting onto her as opposed to what's actually there. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like how I have the same expression every time I watch the sequel trilogy, and it's this. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> why? why? No. <laughs> so you have to just channel it. Uh, yeah, man, we're gonna have to really get into the Star Wars of it all because, like, I, I, this is how I felt when we did that improv episode you were talking about, like. Toward the end of the episode, I was like, damn, James Dugan knows a lot about Star Wars. <laughs> we gotta talk with him more. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, get, we gotta get Dugan back on the show. I'll Let's do, jump to the I'll break do a so show can... with James Dugan. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. That'd be so fun. Yeah. That'd be great. We gotta get our, all our Star Wars experts in one room. Yeah, the Star so Wars can, boys. So that I can look like an idiot when I, I'm like, I never watched the Clone Wars. <laughs> oh, are you the idiot the or are you the smart trilogy. person? Yeah, maybe you're the smart <laughs> one. Know, maybe, maybe Timothy's on isn't for everyone and shouldn't have been for everyone like maybe that's it <laughs> <laughs> i did read my fair share of uh ex- expanded universe jedi which we've talked about I on the show before love that book i love that book so much but let's let's jump to the break so we can come back and play a game and then discuss more yes 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 hi jay hey caitlin we're the co-hosts of a little podcast called gimme that d did that get your attention? It's a Disney Channel original movie breakdown podcast. We are breaking down all of your favorite childhood movies that aired on the Disney Channel from 96 to 06, the golden age of cinema. Adair. We are two F-list comedians with a lot of A-list comedian friends, and together we break down and celebrate these absolutely batshit crazy films. So we're talking aloof parents. Inexplicable plots. Full cuts responsible for sexual awakenings the world over. And we ask the hard-hitting journalistic questions like, what the fuck is this? And could we have maybe taken a second pass at that script? Oh, uh, but we love them oh god yes so listen to us wherever you get your podcasts to stay in the know of what movie we're covering each week and who our guest is follow us on instagram at gmtd pod yeah but for real do it and we're um i don't have one me neither and we're back and we're back (laughs) you know another thing i just thought of is a lot of the hitchcock movies begin with a really cool like title treatment like the oh, North yeah, by yeah, Northwest, yeah. like grid and Psycho is like yep. jagged, like stripes, like yep. 
kind of Star Wars-y, because Star yeah. Wars begins with like a stylized opening. Anyway, we're back. We're back. I have a game for us to play this week. Ooh. It is an old tried and true mainstay of late. The British game show Only yes. Connect. <laughs> yes! Mm. So here's how this game works. Um, because so Peter, we... Mike, Mike is obsessed with this obscure British game show. Well, as far as I know, British people wouldn't say it's obscure. It's like on right. BBC Two or whatever. <laughs> it's like, who wants to be a millionaire? You know, like everyone yeah, knows yeah, what yeah. that is. But it's like really fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's also all on YouTube. I highly recommend it. But anyway, the way this works is I will give you four seemingly random clues, words, phrases, and uh, you have to see how they are actually related and, and try uh, to guess what that is. I think you um, played this on CJ's Columbo episode, right? Uh, that may be. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think so. Okay, I'm ready. So, um, in the first round, that what I just said is, is true. In the second round, it's the same kind of logic, but instead of saying how they're all related, you get the first three clues, and you have to say what the fourth one in that sequence would be. Nice, great. So... To get us started, I, I kind of like, I'll have you guys alternate and, and we'll play by the rules that they have, which like you can steal if, if the other person doesn't get it. The, and in fact, let me actually just go into this game show. It's on BBC. <laughs> um, if, uh, at, at first you get one word or whatever, and if you are somehow able to guess how all four are connected, even though you've only been given one word, you get five points. Very rarely yeah. does that happen. Then if you get a second one, you get three points for that. And then if you take three to get it, you get two points. And then if it takes all four, you get one point. Any steal is worth only one point because by the time it goes to the other person, the other team, ah. uh, they've seen all the answers. Yeah, that makes that sense. That said, I think we'll play that um, you get all the clues. And then if you can guess it early, great. But if, if you guess it wrong, I think I'll give you all the clues. And then if you don't get it right, the opponent gets a chance to steal. Anyway, that was long-winded, and I will guide everyone through it. So yeah. the first one is for you, Josiah. Yes. And this is already kind of, like, clunky to start with, but the first clue is 1960 Alfred Hitchcock. Psycho. Can you be more specific? <laughs> <laughs> the movie Psycho. Uh, I'll keep giving you clues. How about that? Keep giving me clues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The next clue is 1983, Richard Franklin. Mm, entries in the Psycho franchise. Holy shit. Oh, <laughs> that is correct. Whoa. <laughs> I kind of can't believe that. Yeah, so it was 1960, Hitchcock, 1983, Richard Franklin. Then 1986, Basement. there is a oh. film called Psycho 3, directed by Anthony <laughs> Perkins. What? The actor. Norman Bates himself. And then my, my last one that I had hoped would be the giveaway was 1998, Gus Van Sant, mm. which is the Vince Vaughn, like, painstakingly shot-for-shot recreation of Psycho. Oh, God. I interesting, interesting. Um, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen I don't think I want to. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. I think Viggo Mortensen is um, the man. Norman Bates. The, the boyfriend. Oh, okay. I can't yeah, remember yeah. who Arbogast is. <laughs> Arbogast, the weirdest name. <laughs> they have a uh, okay. Bates Motel TV series now, too, I think, right? Yeah, right, yeah, with like uh, Freddie Highmore and Vera Farmiga, I think. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I, 
Um, okay. I have too many Star Wars series to watch. Them. I can't possibly. I can't possibly take it. No, it couldn't possibly. Mm-hmm. Now, do you watch the animated shows? Uh, I slog through the animated shows. I, I am, I okay. am, I truly. Here, I can talk about it. Dave Filoni has gotten a lot of, gotten a lot of uh, Star Wars like IP now, and he is in charge of a lot of stuff. And he is a cartoon director. He doesn't right. know how to act. He does not know how to direct actors. It's apparent no. every time we see something. When he gets like a live action thing going, it feels like a cartoon. He's right. my kind of my least favorite director of the live when action. When he directs, people. it's like the lore episodes. The episodes yeah. don't really go anywhere, but it's just like plot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's I the... love the animated shows. Um, the the they're better now that like they are on the rails. Like in the Clone Wars, like there are some fucking stinkers. Oh like, man. Oh boy. In this they... episode, Jar Jar, C-3PO, <laughs> and Padme go on an adventure. Not like that, but that's a three, that's a three episode arc. You're like, like oh, stop oh, it's God. three episodes? <laughs> I watched that one chronologically. Like, uh, uh-huh. ha- like, cause it was on the Wikipedia, no, it was on Star Wars. Um, also, I will say this openly. I think I've spent a cumulative more time in Wikipedia than Wikipedia in my life. And that's sad. Yeah, sure. That's fucking sad. <laughs> that's great. Honestly, because of this show, I might have too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, but yeah. Um, okay. Bad Batch is okay. Bad Batch. It's, uh, I think my problem is, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it always feels like it's just four kids so much. Where the original right. Star Wars was, but wasn't so heavy handed. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, the thing about the four kids is I turn on the four kids button in my yeah. brain, and when I'm watching live action, I'm not able to turn that on. So I watch The Mandalorian, and I'm just like, this is bad. <laughs> I'm not going to even enjoy these Fruit Loops I just poured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, we've been through one question. Josiah, you managed to get three points from that, which uh, is incredible. Oh, no, he froze again. Oh, God. Oh, God. What do you think the next one's going to be? Should we preemptively guess it before yeah, he gets back? Yeah, let's see. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be, this is this time it's probably going to be something about Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. That's that's for sure. Yeah. So we had a psycho. I'm, I bet the next one is going to be like about actors. Actors in Ooh, Hitchcock movies, Yeah, I bet that's you know? good. I bet that's good. Because then you guys. That's probably what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that it's going to be about Star Wars and not Hitchcock. <laughs> Oh, it could be Star Wars. Uh, yeah, thing. Right, right, right. And that it's going to be know. about actors who play in Star Wars, uh, namely who play Obi Wan Kenobi. Is... Yeah. Um, oh, no. Mike left and came back. What the hell? I don't know. Welcome back. Welcome Dude, back. No, my, Caitlin's out tonight. She's not like over there watching Netflix or whatever and like running up the bandwidth. Nothing else is happening in here. <laughs> you got to get beefier pipes, man. God, beefier do. pipes. Anyway, yeah. the next one is Beefy Pipes. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. Chef Boyardee. Chef Boyardee is my guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The next set of clues is for Peter, and the first okay. one is okay. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You can just say next clue, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Next yeah, clue. Next clue. Is Cosmopolitan. Oh, cocktails. What yeah. are cocktails? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we totally guessed. Yes. We were wrong. We were wrong. We we had no idea what you were going to ask, but we tried to guess what you were going to ask. <laughs> the next one would be old fashioned, followed by martini. Cocktails is correct. Um, cool. Okay, back to Josiah. This is the last one of the just like connection round, and then we'll go into sequences. First one, Josiah is 
A perfect murder. Next clue. Throw mama from the train. Uh, next clue? Disturbia. Um, Rihanna socks. <laughs> Would you like the final clue? <laughs> yes. Psycho 1998. Oh. Psycho 1998 is the last clue? Uh-huh. Um, remakes? They are! Yeah. <laughs> Those are all remakes of Hitchcock movies. The first, uh, A Perfect Murder is a remake of Dial M for Murder. Murder, yeah. Bro Mama from mm. the Train is from the twisted mind of Danny DeVito. It's kind of like a, a funny, wacky remake of Strangers on a Train. And yep. then Disturbia is Rear Window. And then Psycho is, of course, Psycho. Yeah, interesting. Uh, cool. Very interesting. Well done, well done. Okay, we are moving now into the sequential clues uh we'll start with peter yeah. um, so like uh the um the way this works is it will always be a, a sequence so it's not just like random orders associated like it would be like one two three and the answer is four mm-hmm. um so the first clue is this one is, I mean, I suppose it's kind of gettable, but it's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, Dorothy Eckhart Hedren. Dorothy Eckhart Hedren. Uh, so I, I would have to guess the last person. You would have to guess like clue number four. Yeah. Yeah, let's just keep and, going. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say this is, that one's entirely ungettable. Okay. The <laughs> next one, number two is Tippy Hedren. Okay. <laughs> is it? I'm gonna take a guess. Is it now? Do the next one. I'm ready. I'm ready, Mike. Okay. The next one is Melanie Griffith. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna get it. I'm not gonna get it. But um, yeah, I'll pass. I'll pass it over to Josiah. Okay. Josiah, am... do you think you can steal? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, let me go back to Peter for a partial credit. If I give you the fourth one, if you can come up with how they're related. Yeah. The fourth one is Dakota Johnson. Wow. Is that a direct line of lineage right there? Yes. <laughs> so are you kidding me? Well, it is Hedron Women Generations. Whoa. Tippy Hedron's mom was the first one, which is entirely unknown. Yeah. Yeah, sure. un- un- but then well, Tippy I- Hedron is Melanie Griffith's mom, and Melanie Griffith is Dakota Johnson's mom. That's crazy. No way. I, here's what's crazy is uh, Tippi Hedren, we almost got her to come to a Hitch cocktail show before she got sick. And she, no we were talking way. to her agent. Yeah. And like, she didn't, just didn't work out. That would have been, that would, that That's was our crazy. Dream. Yeah. Did she live in Chicago or would it no, have been she, like she was in LA? Yeah. Yeah. We would wow. have flown her in and paid and done all that. So, yeah. Wow. That would have been awesome. That would have been crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, she's well. a friggin' star. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like she's got she's got so much poise and composure, and you know she did a couple films and of yeah. his films. It wasn't just the one. Yeah, right. Um, okay, Josiah, you now have a sequence one. Okay. <laughs> I wrote this like two weeks ago, and I'm seeing these all for the first time in a while, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the good first... job, me. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is Amber Valletta or Valletta. Hmm. Okay. Next, Kevin James. Next, Eva Mendez. Uh, uh, 
people who are what you have to first? guess what the fourth one is <laughs> right, right 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 sorry 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 i'm trying to think um i'm trying to think of what the what the connecting is can you say the first one again amber valletta i don't know who that is i don't either <laughs> oh great <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i have to pass it to Peter. okay any chance at a steal here um is it um uh penn stiller's dad uh what's his name jerry stiller, jerry stiller? Uh, no, it is not. From Kings of Queens cast? Uh, that was my, that's oh, my best I guess. See. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go back to Josiah and do the same thing I just did. If I give you the fourth one, can you come up with the connection? The fourth one in this sequence is Will Smith. Oh, cast of the movie Hitch. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, and because it's a sequence, it's the, it's the first, it's the top build <laughs> In reverse order, like four, three, two. Okay, That's yeah, why you yeah, didn't yeah. know who the person, the other person was. I was like, how do you yes. not know who the person is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, we're in the final, one. the final round here, and it is Josiah with five and Peter with four. <gasps> oh my god, really? Oh shit! Uh, it's tight. It's a tight one. It's a tight race. Oh boy, this is. <laughs> you got your work cut out for you. Okay, the first one is. It's this is kind of like Josiah's first set of clues, where there's like kind of two parts to it. The first clue is rope, comma Rupert Cadell or Cadell. Okay. The next one is rear window. L. B. Jeffries. Well, I don't know where you're gonna go next. Keep going. Okay, the third one is The Man Who Knew Too Much, Dr. Benjamin McKenna. So these are all character names. And I will also be lenient with um, coming up with the name in the fourth one. Okay, so we did Rope. So, like, are these all Cary Grant roles? No, they aren't, right? Because then it would be... Whatever his character is in North by Northwest. Uh, uh, can't remember his name, so pass. <laughs> okay, Josiah, any chance you got it? No. Okay, if it, I'll do the same thing I've been doing. I'll give you the fourth one, and then if you can do the connection. The fourth <laughs> one is Vertigo, John Scotty Ferguson. John Scotty Ferguson. Are these all doctors in Hitchcock films? Um, No. Although you were so close earlier. It's Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, there you go. I couldn't read. Oh, man. That's why. Ah, damn it. I always get them confused on Vertigo and North by Northwest. Yeah, yeah. You were so close. Man, so so that was only connect. And because it was that close, it is five to four to Josiah. Yeah, there we go. Um, The... um, I went on a so I've been watching these kind of on and off like at lunch and stuff like that and Caitlin and I went on a walk one day while during during the workday and I was saying like a line that I found particularly wonderful in Vertigo is right in the last sequence when he's taken what's her face up the stairs and he's like you are part of the setup the whole time and he says (laughs) he says (laughs) So what? Did he teach you everything to say? He gave you all the words and you learned it? You were an apt pupil. An apt pupil! (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was so funny. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, an apt pupil. It, it, it makes me think, like, what a fun acting exercise it would be to pick just, like, the most goofy language, like, dialogue, and try to, like, put, like, imbue an emotion onto it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Shouting More. at this woman with your face in her face, you were an apt pupil. <laughs> <laughs> but, boy, he is great in that movie. Yeah. Oh, man, Jimmy yeah. Stewart in, in Vertigo, yeah. Jimmy Stewart in Vertigo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I saw That's Vertigo funny. a long it's, time ago. Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart are always mix-ups for me. It's always been like that, really? and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. And Jack Nicholas and Jack Nicholson for whatever reason. The, the names, <laughs> the actual names, and the actor, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what's funny? I so this is this is going all the way back to the very beginning of this episode at Indie Comedy Sports. Mm-hmm. I was the guesser in Five Things one night. Which uh-huh. is in every comedy sports show, there is a kind of right before intermission, there's this guessing game that's basically like charades on steroids. And I'm I'm good at guessing. Like that's that was the game that was like my like strength. And I could not for the life of me get the person they were trying to get me to guess. I'm 19, maybe 18. Right. And the answer was Cary Grant. <laughs> So some uh, some you, dickhead in the Grant? audience suggested Cary Grant, <laughs> and so also, I still think of that. I still think of that uh, episode that, that, anytime I I hear the name Cary Grant, which is not that frequently. But yeah, right. It just takes you back to that time. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> the, being like, okay. Things. Well, now I need to learn all of his oeuvre. Oeuvre. <laughs> I feel like we've said oeuvre a lot this episode. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally been a uh, part of this uh, uh, podcast. It's the word of the day. It's the word of the day. And there's. Something I wanted to bring up earlier, speaking of Star Wars podcasts, you know how we've been talking, Mike, how you and I have been running parallel for so long? Yeah, yeah. I actually started a Star Wars podcast back in the day. (laughs) This Uh, is crazy! This is so crazy. (laughs) So I wanted to, it was called SW Lovers. If you look it up on Twitter, you'll probably still see it. It exists. I only made like five episodes. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, there you go. That is nuts. Damn. Damn, what a bomb drop at the end of the episode. Yeah, right, right. Man, we're going to have to retroactively introduce you at the beginning of the episode as, you know him from SW Lovers. <laughs> yeah. He's right. here if from you were Hitchcock one of the three show. people that weren't his mom <laughs> listening to that podcast 12 years ago. That is really such a good, that is like an I am your father level reveal. Oh, yeah. Truly. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. Yeah, really. Truly. Truly devastating. Oh, if I was your father, way. I'd be really impressed with both you boys. You got such a nice little podcast going on here. Oh, thanks, thanks Imaginary Dad. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> well, let's see. Should we aim towards wrapping up? Let's see. What are the any other final thoughts before we decide to give this thing a rating? I mean, yes. Yeah, so uh, I my my thought was just like Lucas and Hitchcock feel like an easy comparison. Hitchcock as the person, as the director, as the creative, as compared to the ideal solid of all of Star Wars is like really kind of mind bending because we're not talking about just like a guy. We're talking about a guy's creative output. Yeah. Compared to a like company, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars is just a company. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. I mean that's why this that's why this podcast is important because who else is doing such a thing? Right. 
Right, a, a podcast about Star Wars? Not not a lot of people. No, but that's no. not a, it's not a billion. I'll tell you that much. It's not yeah. a billion people. There yeah. was one other Star Wars podcast at one point, but I, I have it on good authority that it's not being done it's, anymore. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's defunct. It's, it's, it's defunct because uh, the person running it is lazy as hell. Uh, <laughs> um, I think one thing we didn't talk about, which I find very interesting, is that. Um, they spent both filmmakers and both films of series of films have had a lot of studio time in both England and America. There's shared like yeah. kind of experiences where yes. we do a lot of things on both sides of the pond and there's a lot of British influence in both of the, the films and both production yeah. and in storytelling and all that shit. You huh. get especially right. early on Hitch is like a lot of Brit it's all British, right? Before he went to the States and went to Hollywood. So huh. m- movies like uh uh Dial M for Murder really just super British centric. And so like you get the villains in there and there's like this little twinge of like Imperial Officer in there too. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah the, it's a highfalutin like nah I I would never miss yeah, yeah. like yeah. Yeah, it's quiet. That's mm-hmm. good. And then I think you're spot spot on, Mike. It's um, they're almost like Lucas is like a a director, like, and he's got a type and a genre assigned to him. It's that fast editing. It's that uh, devil may care actors can take care of themselves attitude. It's like I'm going to reinvest in like the the craft of it and like the technicality. And he changed. The, he changed. Fucking. You can't stop the man. He changed sci-fi. Sci-fi yeah. was completely different afterwards. Suspense. They like invented computer graphics. They invent. They invented like motion capture, or uh, rather, motion control. Like like being right. able to program the camera to move the same way every time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. We we were talking about the the bomb under the table, the Kuleshov effect, the idea of like showing a clip and then showing another clip. Peter Cushing, Grand Moff Tarkin, is the face you see right before the Death Star explodes, as if to say, like, this guy's gonna be one of the pieces of the shrapnel. <laughs> He's over there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it does stand on... It's very rare that we talk about a thing that came before Star Wars. If right. it's If it's, if it's um, kind of a concrete thing. If it's something like fruit... Which we haven't done, right. but like breakfast, for example, that's like right. eternal. But like, if it is like a movie or a type of movie, it's rare that it ever was before Star Wars. So it is interesting to see the idea of like Star Wars movies, Star Wars TV shows doing stuff that Hitchcock essentially invented or perfected. Yeah, it's, like, it's what you said earlier, Peter. It's like, should we be saying how how Hitchcock is? Wait, yeah, right. How Hitchcock? How is Hitchcock Star Wars. is Star Wars yeah. instead? Because the case could be made for that. Right. Because obviously, I mean, I'm sure George Lucas cut his teeth on a lot of Hitchcock stuff. Oh, up. absolutely. I mean, if he was in film school, all that stuff, they were going to shove that down his throat, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it, it's interesting. And, you know, it's like, it makes me think. His are very smaller stories. And they're like, you know, some the drawn and conspiracy ones, the North by Northwest, they're bigger. And they're like... And they're a little more grounded. They're not sci-fi, actually. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder, like, for Disney, like, if Disney was around and that big, would they buy up a Hitchcock kind of person, yeah. and, like an IP, and try oh. to churn out suspense all the time? And interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, you know, it makes me think of like, like, and and you guys with Hitch cocktails are are prime examples of this, or like the Improv Shakespeare Company. Like, there's there's a couple who come to mind, Tom Clancy. 
and Robert Ludlum, books keep getting written under their name that are not written by them, but it's like right. the born geriatric <laughs> or like yeah. the, yep. um, you know, uh, uh, scary mission to scary place, a Tom Clancy novel by <laughs> so-and-so. Like yeah, yeah. If, if, you know, like essentially Star Wars is that, it's like a Lucas... You know, it's every every Star Wars thing begins with the logo that says Lucasfilm, even if he has nothing right. to do with it. And yeah, like I think I think Disney absolutely would. I think they would buy the name and the Hitchcock. genre yep. of yep. Hitchcock. <laughs> they would make Hitchcock World at Disney World, and totally. it'd be the films, and like you'd have experiences in the films a thousand percent, a thousand percent, because it's yeah. just got because it's a brand. It is a yeah. brand, and like you're yeah, right, it is. And we like we benefit from that brand i'm not gonna lie to you like hitchcocktails is like a part of that and like you're right too it's like we found early on oh the style is so good and the genre is so good you can tell a thousand stories sure about about like and not feel like you're exhausting it you know right yeah i mean even just the couple that i watched like the birds and psycho are like in one location give or take and right. yeah. North by Northwest is like across the globe. <laughs> yep. So yep. like you really and could do anywhere, any setting. Kind of like Star Wars. You know, like if we were like to do, I don't know, a one-off campaign in the Star Wars universe for certain <gasps> members of your Patreon uh, group. <laughs> what would that be like? Yeah. Well, that's the Star Wars. It's like Galaxy Far, Far Away, long, long time ago. You can do anything under there. And totally. that's where I like Andor. But then, to your point, like, guess who gets to say, story by George Lucas? I bet George Lucas had very little to do with the Andor story, but every yeah. film, everything, yeah, right. any like based little on thing Star Wars by, George, by Lucas. George Lucas. Yeah, right. Yeah. He got his name on there, of course. Which is itself based on Dune, Flash Gordon, Kurosawa, and Westerns. <laughs> yeah. Was it yeah, The Last yeah, yeah. Fortress? Was it The Last? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one with the like two guys that are kind of like R2 and R2 3PO. and C-3PO. I love it. Yeah. I, my buddy made, and they have a princess character who's like strong uh-huh. and independent. Yeah. I've still never seen that. I need to. Ed, my, bad, my buddy Ed made me watch it, and it's totally worth the watch. You guys should definitely. Yeah, you yeah. guys, hey, bring me back for How Star Wars Is It? <laughs> totally. For, uh, the, the whole the works of Kurosawa, you'll just be our like filmmaker person. Oh God, bring yeah. CJ in for the whole works of Kurosawa. I can do I can do Hidden Fortress. Yes, Last that Fortress. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, Last Fortress. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's we're, let's try to give this thing a rating before we go too much longer. Yeah. Okay. So we give it a unit of measure, mm-hmm. and we give it you know a score of one out of ten. I think my, my... unit of measure is oh go ahead oh go ahead Mike. Uh, I was gonna say my unit of measure is going to be envelopes of forty thousand dollars in cash. Yeah. Which adjusted for inflation from the days of Psycho to now is Ooh. over four hundred thousand dollars of buying power. <laughs> that's so that's so much What's money to walk, just walk around. Stole with. like half a million dollars and skipped town. <laughs> that's so crazy. Crazy. Even crazier that the guy was carrying around that much cash. Yeah. But he had a cowboy hat. He did have a cowboy hat. He must be an oil man. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I'm gonna say my unit of measure is lovebirds. From the birds. Oh, I have to come off the unit of measure, huh? Yeah, what's yeah, your yeah. what's your unit? It can be anything. Um, it's a uh, bags of MacGuffins. Yeah, just bags <laughs> bags of MacGuffins. It's bags of them, left and right. Uh-huh. Okay, um, one out of ten. Let's see. Yeah, so because because this is such a broad category, which Star Wars is, I'm I'm 
I'm inclined to give it like a higher than normal score for something that is not sci-fi, that is not, you know, that's not to say it's going to be a high, high score, but I'm thinking like I'm going to give Hitchcock something to the tune of like three and a half envelopes of 40 grand. Oh, okay, (laughs) okay, okay. So what is that? That's 120 Plus another t- 140 grand. <laughs> right, yeah, but yeah, adjusted yeah. for inflation. Yeah, that's adjusted about for inflation. 1. 4. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, not good. bad, not, not bad. bad. <laughs> not bad. That'll make you one one hundredth of a Star Wars film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, Mike, a little higher. I'm going to give, I, I almost was going to go as high as a five. Wow. Whoa. But then Do I it, heard man. yours. No, I'm gonna take it down to a four. It's a solid four. Okay, okay, okay. Peter, you can say whatever four number you birds. want. Four lovebirds. So two mm, pairs. I, I don't want to make either of you upset, so I'm gonna split the difference. Say three point seven five bags <laughs> of McGuffins. <laughs> Excellent. Very inoffensive number. Yeah, to do. Thank you. So the thank fourth you. bag is not quite full all the way up to. No, no, the top. no. One of the McGuffins fell out. Then Jimmy Stewart yeah. or Cary Grant picked it up. I don't remember which yeah. one, but one yeah, of them picked it up. One. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Who knows? Well, there you have My it, folks. stupid did it. brain just said, ah, so a bag fits four MacGuffins. Because <laughs> if one is three quarters full and one fell out, one then... fell out. Then it's just... <laughs> it's one like bag. we're doing the SATs. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, we did it. So do you, you, let's wrap up. Do you want us on the internet? Because if you do, you can find us at How Star Wars Is It on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at agoodpodcast at gmail.com because that's what this is. Yeah, we like um, to think so. And, and we also have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash howstarwarsisit. And $5 a month gets you like everything on there, which includes weekly bonus episodes. It includes long-form things like film commentaries and RPGs. And in fact, this week, listeners, is our 100th Patreon episode. And it was alluded to a moment ago. Our guest this week, Peter Corey, is going to DM a Star Wars RPG that we're going to do and release as a Patreon exclusive. So check that out this week. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll have a good time. We're going to have a great time. Yeah, And of course... We are, what, a week or two away? This is coming out the second week of May. We're a week or two away from yeah. the Hitchcocktails 10-year anniversary. Yeah, if you haven't done it yet, go to theannoyance.com or go to hitchcocktails.com. There'll be a link right there. You can buy tickets. We're doing a whole weekend of uh, things for the 10th-year anniversary. I mean, 10 years in improv, that doesn't happen every day unless you're old like us and do improv a lot. <laughs> um, but, like... We have a huge cast, some of the best improvisers, I really mean that, in the world. We'll be doing two shows on Friday night uh, with a dance party afterwards. On Saturday night, we have a a full-on immersive experience in the basement of Annoyance Theater. We're doing a total takeover. It should be fun. I'm so psyched for that. Booze, especially cocktails, another show on Saturday. Um, at some point on Sunday, I'm sure we'll all be hungover. That'll be fun. Um, So it's going to be a great weekend. yeah, please come out, support, uh, come that, support us, yeah. And that's the weekend of the... May 19th tw- night, and the 20th. May 19th and May 20th. Yeah. Correct. There we go. Perfect. So come out and check them out. I think Mike and I are probably going to be there at least at one of those things. Yeah. So uh, come join us and have some fun. Uh, I, I won't be there. I'll be... putting it in my calendar right now. <laughs> I'll be in a Disney Cruise uh, line, so I won't be there. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm promoting that. I will be with Star Wars characters. Uh, I was going to say, there might be some Star Wars people over there. Do you think they have Leia in 
the bikini on a cruise ship? I don't think so. I think that would be weird for the children, wouldn't it? That would be weird for the children. Probably, yeah, yeah. 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 I think they try to stay away from the bikini as much as they can. <laughs> I think they should put Jabba the Hutt in the bikini and like get mm. some body, body positivity going. Let's yeah. do it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, that's super exciting. If you live in Chicago, or hell, even if you don't, you should fly to yeah. <laughs> Lakeview. Uh, well, fly to O'Hare or Midway and then yeah, drive yeah, to Lakeview to go don't to in, the Annoyance Don't land Theater. in Lakeview. On the 19th and 20th, because if you got a seaplane, frigging hoot. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Oh, it will be so fun, so fun. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, we did it. So, sandwiches to Star Wars. It's about time for Tubby Bye Bye. So, like we always say, we love, love you, you, and may the and fourth, may the fourth be, with be with you. Hey, that was last week. May the fourth. It was May the fourth. We did trivia.